Join the Pop Life Podcast conversation. Follow us on Twitter at the Pop Life Podcast. Find us on iTunes at the Pop Life Podcast. Be sure to rate us, please. And find us on SoundCloud and share and like and subscribe. Thanks. Welcome to the Pop Life Podcast, coming to you from the Crosby Collective Studio. Starring your hosts, Jeffrey Sledge, Naima Cochran, and Sean Young. If it's top of mind in pop culture, it's up for discussion. Thank you for joining us this week. The Pop Life begins in three, two, one. All right, Pop Life Podcast. Oh, what is today is January. Damn. I'm really? Because like, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, so you know, I'm, 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 is it the 20th? You in Atlanta. You're not in another country, my nigga. You're in the same time zone. The fuck? I mean, I'm saying. <laughs> I said that like he was in Shanghai. <laughs> no, what I'm saying He was like, is, you know, it's a whole different day over here. I don't even know what's going on. What I'm saying is. Two hours south, bro. <laughs> you see what I did with Gomez, the bullshit? Listen, so no, what I'm saying is, because I'm here, and my whole schedule is off. Like, I don't have no time frames or nothing. I'm just, I get up in the morning and I just, you just go. go to the studio the studio and i'm here till three in the morning and i go back to the hotel and i'm saying something is it the 20th it is the 23rd damn see i'm three days behind lord he was close embarrassing myself in front of our company (laughs) (laughs) so first of all everybody uh we have a uh, an amazing illustrious guest to the show um the incomparable uh beautiful intelligent uh 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 actress uh uh Creative force. Uh, I think you're right. You do the writing too, don't you? I do a little yes, bit of writing, a little, a little bit, bit of directing. Uh-huh. Miss Reagan Gomez. Wait, I know there's a hyphenated. This Reagan Gomez. Preston. Oh, it's it's Reagan Gomez. I dropped the Preston a long time ago. Okay, because I don't want to do that. Because I know uh, uh, somebody else on the show, a wife. If you don't do the hyphenate, she chops oh, your head will, off. She will get you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, and she's young, got young. I'm like, all right, Mona. I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> so, but but thank you for uh, Reagan for coming to the show. Well, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to join us, and um, you know we love your show. We love you know your career, and we'll, you know we'll talk about yourself and your career and what you what you did then and what you're doing now as the show goes. Um, oh, but we you. just we're just really happy to have you. Oh, thank you, thank y'all for having me. I'm a big fan of y'all show. Well, we're a big fan of you too. I mean, yeah, I, was- I didn't even know you listened until like three weeks ago. I was shocked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I was trying to figure out when I first started listening to y'all show because I listened to um, KMGZ's show. Mm. And I remember when she was on. But then now I see your music sermons. I've been seeing them for years. So I can't remember how I started listening, but it has to be between. We're we're glad you are. Oh, thank you. We're glad you are. Wait, so I got you one quick question because I was reading on Wikipedia. So do you consider yourself a Detroit girl or a Philly girl? It's hard. Probably Philly. Um, Both my parents are born and raised in Detroit. So both sides of my family are from there. But I moved when I was eight to we lived in Little Rock for a year and then we moved to Philly. And I kind of claimed Philly a little bit more only because I was a teenager there. I was like, uh, I went to school there and that's okay. when I started acting and stuff there. Uh, going back and forth to New York for audition. So that's where the last place I lived before I moved to LA. And my dad is actually still there. So so, so what are you North Philly, West Philly, South Philly? Germantown. We were we were in the suburbs. Oh, okay. No, yeah. hey, yes. ain't, ain't nothing wrong with a nice comfortable life. Yes. yes. <laughs> you still black? You still black? 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump into these topics. Like I said, we're gonna weave in all kind of stuff with you as well as we're um, okay. as we're doing the topics. So, um, first thing I wanted to mention, and I actually heard you mention this on your show too, is you know we have to just mention MLK Day, um, yeah. which was this uh, Monday past. Like, yeah, Monday past, and um, with the state of the world, uh, well, state of the country anyway, the way it is now, like the MLK Day Day thing is even more intense because. You know these these folks are so heinous and foul, and to see like the the double talk, like from Sarah Sanders and mm-hmm. Trump and his man sneaking over, trying to sneak over to the monument the last minute, and uh, you know Mike Pence comparing Trump to MLK, and, yeah, you know just just the, the, and and the constant um, every MLK day is this, but I think it's even more now the constant like of people you know who would have hated MLK, yeah, now right. saying. You know, he was a great man, and they, and they fudging the whole that they murdered him with. He right. gave his life for the. Well, country. yeah, the CIA and FBI even tweeted out, you know, MLK celebration. But that's for every year like, thing. They do that every year, and it was like y'all play a lot. And right. the, but the NRA was the boldest to me because right. they right. mentioned. Did you see this one, Jeff? I just see the NRA one. The NRA tweeted that that MLK had applied for a concealed carry and been. Mm-hmm denied mm. and that you know imp- implying that had he been approved um he might have been got shot and saying and saying basically yeah yeah they were like you know they were like the year before or the months before or something mlk mm. mlk applied for applied for a concealed carry in whatever state and was denied and, he, and they were like we will continue to fight for the rights of all people who want to, you know, bear arms. But like, it was so foul. It was so foul. Right. It was so foul. Well, you know, they like to gaslight people and twist like the facts. Heavily. And they know that, they know, we know that they're full of shit, but they, they do it anyway. Yeah, like they've gotten really um, nefarious in the mm-hmm. past few years. Not that they haven't always been, but it's been way more blatant. Like they're not yeah. even trying to hide it anymore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just hate the Santa Clausation of Martin Luther King. Like yeah. now he's mm-hmm. like everybody's favorite Negro, and he was just this sweet man who just wanted everybody to get along and hold. Like hands. Ali, like they did with Ali. Oh, that the, the Ali one drives me super insane. I think because first of all, huge boxing fan, and I you know follow his career and have read a lot of his books and all this stuff too. But also because I you know I was I kind of lived through that. I, right. You know, King died. I lived through watching them them change Ali's whole tone, and and honestly, it really happened once he was silenced by Parkinson's. Yeah. Then he yeah. couldn't speak for himself, and so then they made they started speaking for him, and they made him this cuddly guy. Especially yeah. once he lit the uh, Olympic torch, then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, he's just a cuddly man, and and you know, meanwhile, I'm sure in his mind he was like, you crackers, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but, he, but he couldn't say it. So I just wanted to mention that because that just. Uh, it just drives me crazy, man. Yeah. Insane. Um, the next thing I wanted to mention is something that happened about a week and a half ago, and we forgot to talk about it. And I think it's very fascinating. So Carol Channing died, mm-hmm. uh, who's, uh, for most people don't know, she's a uh, was a Broadway actress. She's this uh, a play called Hello, Dolly, for like 50 years, literally. Um, she did the play. Um, that was kind of her claim to fame. And it came out, like, while she was still alive, that she was, she'd been passing. Mm. Her dad was white. I mean, black. Excuse me. Her dad was black, and she had been passing. Like I don't her think she'd been. No, I don't think she'd been passing. She didn't find out until she was almost grown. It really? 
Yeah, no, she yeah. didn't. Find, she didn't find out until she was almost grown because she was already in the nurse hand room when she found out. Because when she found out, she was like, "Oh, that explains it." Um, oh. And she actually revealed it in an interview like thirty years ago, forty years ago. I just think that it got buried. Mm-hmm. And people brought it back up when she died. So, no, she wasn't passing. It's something she didn't discover till later. And she talked about it then. But I just don't think it ever caught any traction. Well, I, I I had to Google her because I didn't know who she was. But I saw <laughs> in one of the interviews that she said when she was going off to college, her mama was like, don't be surprised if you have a black baby or something. And she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what that mean? What? Yeah. It's just a it's just a fascinating thing. Not you know, I ain't gonna get on her because you know everybody's story is different. But like, you know, that shit is. I always say this, and I, I don't know if you're friends with them, Reagan. So you know, pardon me, but like, I always look at uh, Quincy's daughter, not Kadana, mm-hmm. the other other one, the one Rashida. Rashida. Yeah. Like I, most, most people, I don't think most people realize she's half black. They yeah. realize it. People know she's Quincy Jones's daughter. I, they just I still don't. don't think so. they, no, but I don't but, know. I don't know because white folks they 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 don't be knowing. They, they don't be knowing. But I think, but I think even people knowing. who know somehow don't really conceive her. Like I think it's kind of like a yeah, like like with Nicole Richie. Even though Nicole Richie. I mean, she's she's half Latina. She's not by Lion Rich's biological daughter, but I think it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, this is her father, but you know, because like Rashida, she's a she she's an observant Jew. You know, like she totally mm-hmm. went with her mom's side of things. Um, exactly. And exactly. I just think you know she she presents as a white woman. Exactly. Know? Same with old boy that was on a prison break. Yeah. Wentworth Miller. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few. There's, there's a few of them in Hollywood that are definitely slash. Like, Slash. Oh, yeah, for sure, a, yeah. There's a few of them in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in that world who definitely kind of, I mean, I don't think just that world. I'm sure in a lot of worlds. I met a girl ages ago at a party, and we still kind of just stay in touch via, um, you know, via uh, Instagram. You know, just friends. And she was she's she's half half uh half black, and you would like you would absolutely not know. Like I I I thought she was lying to me. I was like, "Are you lying? Be lying? Like, stop!" And then she like showed me a picture of like her family, and I was like, "What?" And then there's a there's actually a girl at at, uh, at Atlantic. I just found out she was half black last year. I you would absolutely never. That's how how my my brother's kids are. Um, Both my brothers, uh, well, I have one brother, but all of his kids have um, Mexican moms and they completely pass. Really? They're always with me, so I think people kind of assume, but, you know, they totally pass. So, uh, and and now, so your, how does your, how does your, does your brother kind of ride with the past or is it just well they're young my the oldest is is 15 and the little ones are 11 and 10 so they're very young but i've been thinking Mm. because my kids my oldest is is she'll be 12 in may and like i talk to her about everything so i it's I'm auntie, so it's not like I'm their mom. I'm auntie and then my brother, and, you know, so I got to play my position, you know, as auntie. But as they get older, those will be conversations that we we have. Like, how do you identify, you know, without making them feel weird or or stepping on their mom and their parents' toes? But because I'm very – I try to be politically active and politically aware, and I want my kids to know what's going on in the world and them too. And they have – 
a double side of it because their family, it their mom is Mexican. So they yeah. have a whole different, you know, a lot of conversations I'm sure going on at their house too, but that's going to be something interesting as they grow up. How do you identify? Because if I didn't say anything, no one would know. Yeah. this is. I mean, you know, you know? we had to, we had to uh, have that conversation with Sean because he, he did um the go ancestry and found that he was 30% Norwegian or something. So yeah, he was had, really we, upset. We had to talk his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, it was 30, it was like 37. When I did all the math, it was like 37% non-African. But um, I told Sean, well, you know, I'm like, I'm you could be okay, a mixed king out. You could be a mixed king out here, Sean. I mean, I think uh, Kelly. Yeah, I think Kelly look, can help man. you navigate yeah, that you, whole landscape. Look, look, I'm, 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 I'm like, uh, like my man, uh, CB4, man. I'm blackity black. <laughs> I'm blacker than blacker than black. But you know yeah. what? We did one too, and that's that's about average. It's about my husband was about seventy percent African. I was like sixty. So then that's a whole thirty, forty yeah. percent of some other shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody's full black, uh, you know, not, not, not. Li- I mean, I wanted, I didn't think my shit was going to be a hundred, but like, I was definitely <laughs> waiting for like 85 or something like that. Like, and I, I, I go like the the we can look at you and tell it ain't 85. I mean, I needed, me? needed, but I needed that like internally for <laughs> myself. <laughs> oh, shit tickles me. <laughs> um, hey, have y'all been watching uh, Keeping Up with Blackish? Have you been keeping up with Blackish and Grownish? Um, not Grownish, but Blackish. Yeah. Uh, I'm late. I'm late. I've been watching. I watched Grownish last season. I gotta catch up. But I love that show. Okay, okay. Um, because last week they had um a really interesting episode of Blackish kind of talking about what we're talking about. They talk oh, about colorism. Uh, colorism. Exactly. And it was very, it was uh, just kind of very interesting. And, um, and they also would fly with it because they gave the episode actually gave us a different side of Ruby as mm-hmm. to kind of why she is the way she is. Like her and rainbow had this kind of huge blowout right. and you come find out that it was because Ruby and maybe Jennifer, his family is like this for real. I, you know, I, it might be taken from true experience, but um, she said that she's, her family, uh, the character's family is from Louisiana, mm-hmm. and she was the darkest one in her family. And then she, you know, she showed, they showed, she's going through like an old photo album, and all her family's like super light, you know, mm-hmm. and she was dark. So they constantly like would like say things to her, like, don't go sit in the sun, and mm-hmm. you know, they would kind of push her off to the side and, and stuff like that. So, um, she kind of revealed like how colorism, like, I was ingrained in her, and that's why she would always like get at Rainbow because Rainbow kind of just reminded her of. Her family, mm. from, from a physical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can, and, and it was interesting because you know, and that's one thing you know, Cosby never did, and always irked me about the Cosby Show, is that like I just like Elvin and I mean not Elvin, excuse me, Sandra and Rudy mm-hmm. being brother and sister. You mean Denise? Least, oh yeah, no, or Sandra Denise, either one, yeah. either one. It's like what? Like what, what, okay, what happened here? You know, so I like the fact that in Blackish, you know, you have kind of a spectrum. Mm-hmm. With Diane and then Junior is like obviously super light, and then mm-hmm. Yara is a little shade darker, and and you know so and they discussed it on the show like and Diane's stance was like I'm the oddball because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm you know I'm the darkest one in the family, and then mm-hmm. and then uh and then and then they it swung back around because um uh 
what's his name? The, the, the lead Junior? character. No, the lead, the, the father. What's his name? Andre. Andre. He, he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, Diane, we still love you, even though you're kind of darker and da da da. And she like, she was like, well, why do you think you're light skinned? You know what I'm saying? So like, it, it really got into a whole color. It was just a very right. interesting, um, a very interesting episode. I um, the thing about it is that, well, first of all, I I proved blackish tackling it because the conversation was about colorism in the world, but it was also just about colorism inside your own family. Mm-hmm. Which I think is um, and I, and I applaud them for addressing it because one of the criticisms of the show has been, or even and Reagan, you can probably speak to this. One of the criticisms yeah. that I see about blackish and about a lot of our black sitcoms period is that the daughters are always light-skinned right Mm -hmm. and you know yari came under fire last year Mm -hmm. um for for this and my thing then was like you know tracy legit is biracial she plays Mm -hmm. a biracial character Mm -hmm. the children of a mother who's these are supposed to be children of a mother who's biracial um but also, I think I think back in the Cosby Show days, we probably didn't have this conversation, Sean. I mean, Jeff, because we were just happy to see black actors on TV. Like, there, right. it's not like we could be like, you should have cast these, you know, pool of actors over here that could have done this instead of like we just like it's black people on TV, whatever. <laughs> and they, and they were, and the Cosby Show was very respectable anyway. This isn't even something yeah. that they would talk about on the show. Exactly, exactly. So I'm curious because you know people people bring up the Cosby Show often, but even if you look at my wife and kids, they had mm-hmm. a darker skin um, actress playing yeah. the older daughter, and then they mm-hmm. cast I think this Donna Summer's daughter. Who ended up mm-hmm. playing the oldest daughter? Um, that was Donna Summer's daughter. Isn't that Donna Summer's daughter? That's not. No. I don't know. Jennifer Freeman. Yeah, I don't. No. know. Oh, okay. Why did I think that? Donna, no, Donna Donna Summer's daughter did play Junior's girlfriend at. One oh, point. the girlfriend. Oh, okay. That's what yeah. it was. I knew she was on. I was. We, we, we were heavy. We were heavy on my wife and kids. In okay. Because my kids were growing up around that time, right. so that okay. was like dinner time. It was Junior's TV. girlfriend. I knew she was yes, in the mix. It was somewhere. Junior's girlfriend. But the one who got pregnant. Yes. Yeah, the one okay, that I auditioned for that part. I was, yeah. It was Megan Good first. Yep, and yep, then once yep. they brought her on as a permanent character, they changed. Oh, I and I saw that, that episode last night, which made me think of it. Um, But yeah, so, and let me think. What about, I mean, Reagan, is this something that you've heard before? I mean, you're brown skinned. And that's even another yeah, I'm thing. Like, I'm in I, the middle. I'm in, I see I, brown know? skinned actresses get classified as light skinned. I'm like, she, yeah, no, I and I rebuke it. No, I'm yeah. in the middle. I'm, you I'm, I rebuke I'm, it. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely in the middle, but. I mean, we know colorism is a big thing. Even then, when we talk about Black Hollywood, when we watch right. like movies from the '90s, all of the leading ladies were light skinned. Right. All right. of them. Yeah. They'll be opposite Wesley Snipes or Denzel Washington or these super black dudes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was really apparent, and you know that's why when Black Panther came out, I know we talk a lot about Black Panther, but that's why I just love that movie so much because. It was the first time I think I'd seen a movie like that with so many dark skinned actresses in it. And even, yes. you know, Angela Bassett isn't super, super dark, but she ain't light skinned either. But she ain't you know? light skinned, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but this is something I think as, you know, I consider myself a black and you guys too, but I consider myself a black content creator. I you know, I wanna continue to write, you know, movies and T V. We have to be aware of the images that we put out. We have to be aware of who we're casting? What skin tones are we casting? Is everybody there? It seems like a lot, but we have to. We have right. to be aware. It's I, mean, true. I agree. I mean, even on the music side, which is what I do, like I'm constantly preaching. I got a bunch of young kids in the studio right now. We're actually working. Um, we're working with Christina Christina Milian. Um, and so like, but I'm constantly oh, okay. I'm constantly preaching to them like. 
yo, like, these, I, I'm trying not to be the old, old black man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to say, well, but these white folks, they want our shit, right? And don't yeah. let them think that their shit is the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, because too many young kids feel like they got to do these more poppy songs and they got to try to go pop and they got to try to cross over and they try right. to, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, make it as black as possible. Because like, they don't. come over. They come over anyway. They, they come do. in. They come in. They come in with the checkbook. And then you got to right. be careful, like, on what you sell. But that's a whole different conversation. Right. But, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, but like you said, uh, black is black is powerful. It, it really is. And, like, too many of us kind of get, you know, um swept up in not thinking that you know like yeah. like like sean always says like thinking the white man ice is colder you know right not. And we would i would see that um constantly when my son was working um as a model like up until maybe you know maybe like last year i would get these like, sort of casting calls and casting emails and it was it was like the weirdest descriptions to read like you know ethnically ambiguous mm-hmm. um um like you know just they wanted everything but black people. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy Indian of, of, yeah. of, you know, Eastern descent or this or that. It was just every, every word you can imagine of the, like a black person here. And, and when they would go after or when they were specifically looking for a black person, they wanted there to be no question mm-hmm. that the person not so you know my son was kind of on the ass into that you know what i'm saying a lot of jobs he wouldn't necessarily fit for so we just kind of stopped going that's a that's how it is for um casting breakdowns in hollywood yeah, i was gonna um, ask yeah. you about that obviously because that's your business so what yeah how- that's how it's always been so if they don't want white then they'll say um what is the terminology that they they open to all ethnicities? So, do we want black? Do we want Asian? Do we want Hispanic? Do we want right. Indian? Do we? So it's everybody but white. For the white girl, they want white girl. But for mm. the best friend or whatever, it's open open to everybody. <laughs> everybody. So we all fight right. for this goddamn one role, right? Right. So uh, let me real quick. Um, since we're talking about this, any any kind of uh, I guess funny or wild. Uh, and I don't mean sexual, though, so please don't think like that. But like, as far as like casting stories, like, because I guess there's, there's definitely a point where like a lot of the y'all actresses are like a lot of y'all are in the same kind of age bracket. So I'm yeah. assuming a lot of y'all were all going for this one. Oh thing yeah. Role. So how, how how does that does it does it create like a lot of animosity between y'all or no, like? No, it never it never did um, for me because you know the Parenthood started in '94. I was 14 years old and I was okay. 18 when the show ended, so I was still a teenager, and I'm I will be 34 in or I'm 34, 39 in April. So it's been two decades, you know, mm. almost three. So I have. A lot of people I've met and worked with or seen at auditions, everybody. 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 You know, so there's too many stories to count, but that's why I kind of have like, you know, it's hard because I see what's going on with a certain actress right now who decided to put something uh, crazy on her Instagram story. But I've known her for years and I've known, you know, a lot of women who... You know, we love and adore. I've I've known them for years, and it's hard. It's been very hard. The business is not easy. The business is not easy for Black women, particularly for like. So it's gotten a lot more popping. I'd say in the last maybe 
maybe like seven or eight years, but it's still really hard. But if you want to take a break and have kids or get married, you're mm-hmm. definitely advised not to do that. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard. And I'm always glad when I see people who are still healthy and still okay, who are around in 95 and 96, 97. And I really love it if they're still acting. I understand Listen, there's so many like that in the music industry. Yeah, you, you know, because this shit is hard, and you know, yeah. it's the, the the years are up and down. That money is yeah. up and down, and shit. The baby's still got to eat. The rent still yeah. got to get paid, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So, um, but I, I, you know, auditioning is always funny. I remember I had an audition because natural hair is is the rage now. But when I was coming up, no, you had to have your hair straight. It had to be okay. Straight. And I remember like. Maybe in 2002, 2003, I was in my early 20s and I went to an audition. I had my hair curly and the casting director, a white woman, had my um, head shot and my hair was straight. She walked up and touched my hair and asked Ooh. me, oh my God. she said, is it a wig? And I oh. said, no, my hair is just, is just curly. And it threw me for, it threw me for a loop. But there's so she, many she makeup she and hair you, stories. She know you were from Philly. Yeah, I was like, it, it completely threw me. She walked up and touched my hair like and asked if it was a wig. I said, no, it's just, it's curly today. Damn. That's, <laughs> what, that's what you were saying. These white folks, they just don't be knowing. They just be doing the saying the craziest shit and not even realizing how, like, offensive some of this shit is. To, right. to uh, Like, what is wrong with you, family? You're crazy. Like, don't touch nobody's Jesus Christ. Man, man. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, so, like, real quick, if you want to sit this little next topic out, I did want to bring up um, Taraji. Just, and and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to bring, you know, she had a little incident this the past couple of days where yeah. she yesterday was, she, yeah it was yesterday where she showed herself uh searching um mute r kelly and it was tons of hashtags um various hashtags and she showed herself there was no words to the video mm-hmm. and she showed herself texting um uh, excuse me uh searching muting mute weinstein mm-hmm. i think it was the next one and it was it was nothing and so she just kind of made a point right and then of course you know black twitter goes crazy now right and i i don't know well, her she prefaced it with a uh screen that said doing this search for a friend or something okay whatever yeah my my issue with is and i'm obviously gonna let y'all jump in but my issue was with it was this even if you agree or disagree right like this woman's you know done a a ton of work for many years she's done some great roles everybody was was loving her they loved uh hidden figures and you know Mm -hmm. various so now all of a sudden she's whack now she's whack because of this one thing. Now a whole bunch of niggas on Twitter is talking reckless about her. And, yeah, and I think that's canceled. over. I think you're oversimplifying. First of all, okay. I actually didn't see. I did. I mean, again, we'll, every, we'll, every we'll me. timelines vary. I didn't see a whole lot of people say Taraji was can- Taraji was canceled. I saw a lot of people like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, people were surprised in part because, which was my thing. It's one thing for this group of people who are trying to show false equivalencies between R. Kelly and like every white man who's accused of anything. Mm-hmm. And now there's a group of them led by Tariq Nasheed who's doing this hashtag called First Them, which basically means before any black man should come under fire, all these white men need to be punished accordingly. And, you know, the argument being made is that Weinstein is not out here chilling like. Right. His his retribution was swift and immediate. The shit happened immediately once all of these stories started coming out publicly. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. with Kells, whereas with Cosby, it took decades, right? 
Um, Kevin yeah, Spacey look, me, out the paint. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Let me finish. Just let me finish. Mm. Kevin Spacey out the paint. So <clears throat> Taraji, they, some of these people don't know because they don't give. They don't care to know. They don't actually. Right. They don't actually want the facts to support the argument. They just want to do what aboutism. Taraji's in Hollywood. If anybody understands. <clears throat> the retribution against Weinstein is Taraji, more so than Erica, more so than anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is that the mute hashtag is very specific to R. Kelly because he is a musician. It is not, so that also is misleading. Like, why would there be a mute Weinstein? Basically, he was the central figure in the Me Too movement all last year. So it's like, why why would there be a mute Weinstein? So the whole thing is just like, Taraji, why are you even giving energy to this kind of bullshit? That was what I was seeing. Well, I think this, that's a fair question. Okay, then let, me, let me just say my little piece, and I'm gonna fall back on the Sean and Reagan. If Reagan's comfortable jumping uh, as yeah, well, yeah. Um, no, okay, I didn't. You know, I don't want to cause no 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 problems and shit. Um, my thing is this: I think to, I'm talking shit because I don't know, like I always say, but I'm feeling like the, the angle Taraji was taking is this mute R. Kelly thing is a huge thing now. When we've mm-hmm. known all along, I worked a job, you know, so I'm I'm guilty as fuck too. Like I ain't pointing no fingers, but we've all known all along the robbers doing a bunch of heinous shit. But now because of the, the Dream Dream Hamptons uh, uh, documentary series, now we're like we're muting R. Kelly and you know deciding to fully cancel him, right? But it's like, it, why did it, I feel like it's almost like why did why did it take all that? Like like I'm saying the reason one of the reasons Robert was able to kind of keep perpetuating all this fuck shit. Is because we kept accepting it. Mm-hmm. Rob yeah. kept being on all the, all the, he was on all the award shows. He was putting out records. His tours were sold out. He's still doing duets with a bunch of people. He's he, like his life kept moving forward with no, you know, but you know, even after it would be a big speed bump, like the trial. Once the trial ended, we we went right back to stepping in the name of love, which at, was at the, the purpose. Wedding. Which was the purpose of the mute the. R. Kelly campaign, which actually started years ago and gained, and didn't actually gain traction until last year, was to say we finally mm-hmm. need to take a stance and silence him. So if you think that she's pointing that out, Jeff, then what's the point of pointing to a mute Weinstein hashtag? They're not com- they're not comparable. Why would there ever be a mute Weinstein hashtag? It doesn't even make sense. Well, because I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. God damn it! I don't know. <laughs> Sean, you want to go? No, go ahead, Reagan. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> you know, we're all on Twitter, and I I have to remind myself every day that Twitter is a, is a bubble. Yes. The rest of the world True. does not necessarily think um, how folks think on Twitter. And also, I got on Twitter in 2009, in March. So I have been able to make mistakes and shit early on and be able to learn Okay, well that shit is fucked up. Let me change the way I think. And in turn, everybody in my house, guess what? We can't say this shit no more. And this is why. And everybody around me. So it has been a journey for all of us. And I was, you know, I was watching um there was a clip that somebody posted on Twitter of Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, that was a great clip. And I watched that whole interview and it was just mind boggling to me how someone like James Baldwin especially being a queer black man, how we learn about racism and the injustice that black people face in this country is very patriarchal. 
Mm-hmm. We don't consider black women. We don't consider consider gender violence. We don't consider the things that black LGBTQ folks um, go through at the hands of other people in the community. So right. this is what folks are struggling with now. And they're, we're seeing them have that reckoning in real time. Right. Like protect the black man. Right. Of the black woman. Yeah. Exactly. So we've been on Twitter for a long time. So I think Twitter kind of forces the narrative forward, like busts you upside the head with this shit is not we're not doing this shit no more. But the rest of the world is like very slow moving. And she don't be on Twitter like that. It's not like, you know, even Gabrielle Union, she be on Twitter a lot. I know because she be liking my shit. She's real quiet. Ava DuVernay is on Twitter. Yeah, certain people are like on Twitter a lot. Taraji is not one of those people. So who knows if she's having these conversations mm, you know, okay. in her real life or whatever. And from what she posted, it seems like, oh, everybody's going to be with me, which maybe she, those are the conversations she's having at home or with her people. So when she posted on social media, it's like, oh, no, it's a whole different world over here. This is not, right. you know. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was mostly, I mean, I don't know, Jeff, maybe you've been seeing people say she's canceled. I only saw one person who was really like, she's canceled. Most people were just kind of like, Taraji, what are you doing right now? Or just like, oh, shit, I didn't know Weinstein was all on the radio, all up in my video. You know, like that type of thing, yeah. more just kind of a sarcastic thing. Um, I don't know, Sean, what do you think? I'm not, I'm, I'm not canceling um, Taraji. <laughs> she does not, she, she, what she did, in my opinion, was, um, you know, just silly. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. And I understand it was harmful, right? Like, so I don't want to, I don't want to say it in a dismissive tone. Like, oh, she just sort of made a mistake. I mean, what she was insinuating and what she was saying, I think was completely wrong. And it was really sort of, um, it, it, it made me feel sort of like what Reagan's saying. Like she's, she's isolated a little bit and I don't mean that in yeah. a bad way. Right. But she's not necessarily having those conversations. We also have to take into consideration, um, her age. Right. And, and I don't, again, I don't mean that in a bad way. She's in the wheelhouse of a generation of people that felt compelled and, and to protect black men mm-hmm. at all costs, as we saw, with Cosby, as we saw with Michael Jackson, as we saw with any time there was a sense of a black man sort of being under the gun for something that we felt was not solely identifiable to be a black man, right? Like mm-hmm. these other white men are doing things and they're getting off scot-free. What about those guys, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's right in the wheelhouse of a 45-year-old black woman. When you think about R. Kelly, who's going to those shows, that's mm-hmm. right in the wheelhouse right, of, right. Of, of, of that age. So that, to me, gives a little bit of context. And I think that we have to have the conversation to say, you know, you, you're kind of looking at this a little wrong here. Like, that's not exactly, you know, the right way. Because, again, mute R. Kelly was about, you know, muting. His, he's a musician. Like, he literally uses his voice, right? So that's why that came into play. So I don't I, I don't think she was, you know, really being smart in, in how that was assessed, man. It just it, it made no sense to me. But she does not have a track record, in my opinion, that shows me that these are the sorts of decisions and th- this is the sort of line of thinking as opposed to say an Erica Badu who has been mm-hmm. fairly consistent over yeah. the course of, you know, years with, with the fuck how she feels. <laughs> yeah. like, like she doesn't, that's the thing. She's not wavering. 
Yelling, yelling, or saying, or or implying, none of that shit is new. None of that is out of character. It is absolutely on brand. And she will dig her heels in the sand. Yeah. And it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, since we're talking about this, let's go right to the next person who I was pissed off that people was trying to get at, Miss Gladys Knight. So, uh, Gladys Knight, uh, it came out a few days ago um, that Gladys Knight was going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl because it's in, in Atlanta. She's a born and raised uh, AT alien, as they say. Um, and so a lot of people with the cancer culture were getting at Gladys Knight, like, oh, my God, how could you do that? You know, we're supposed to be boycotting football this year because of Colin Kaepernick. Um, and, and you know, some of the other stances that the NFL has taken against black players. And... Uh, People kind of like really trying to get at Gladys like she's wrong for doing this. My feeling is Gladys Knight is, I don't know if she's quite 80, but she's she 80. She, nah, she close. She was born in 44. So, so what's that got, make of? 70, 75? 70. Yeah, she's about 70, uh-huh. 75. She, yeah. get, she, she getting there. She crawling, she crawling there, but don't yeah, give her that. No, 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 them five years mean a lot when you up there. That's true. Yeah, you yeah. ain't lying. You ain't lying. Yeah. Seventy six to seventy to the nine to eighty one is a big difference. And and I and I you know I love Miss Gladys, so I ain't, I am not rushing her anywhere. I hope she's here for another hundred years. Um, because she's born and raised here in Atlanta, she's um uh, put in crazy work <laughs> over the years. Um, so and you know what, an opportunity like this, you know, keeping the trill. It's not going to come her way again at this stage in her career. And not her never, and probably yeah. never has before. Yeah, I, mm. yeah, no, I don't ever remember her singing a, a, on a, on a stage of this magnitude. Mm-mm. No. So to ask her to turn it down, it's just it's not it's just not realistic. And it's, mm-hmm. and, and you know maybe Gladys will do something. Um, well, Ms. Gladys, we put a handle on that. There you go. <laughs> Maybe Ms. Gladys will do something um, either before or after or doing a press conference to talk about some things. Um, but to just ask her to sit it out, is, is, is to me, is, is just, it's bullshit. But what do uh, y'all think about it? Here's what happened. So Gladys put out a statement. And what people latched onto was the statement. Because, they, because media outlets, starting with TMZ, spun it as Gladys dissing cap in the statement and what Gladys said now I will say Gladys's publicist it probably still operates by fax machine you know what I'm saying she probably still got an AOL she probably really old school you said she got an AOL <laughs> I I say that to say that get my notepad baby have my glasses like you have you have to have such clarity in your statement these days because you have to be prepared for them to be picked apart and I do mm-hmm. think this could have been a much better phrased statement but what she started with saying was that her understanding is that cap's protest is not of the anthem but of police violence police violence and injustice that part is true Cap mm-hmm. has said that himself we have all said that to you know maga twitter when they're all like but the the anthem whatever it's right. not about the anthem sec then she said that she hates that basically the anthem and the protest have been conflated, but her wording was murky. And people took that to mean she didn't think Cap should have been protesting during the anthem at all, right? Because I saw people say, that's not what I think. I saw people say 
She said Cap shouldn't kneel. That's not what she said. At she all. says that the the anthem and the protest have become mixed up, which they have. That part mm-hmm. is true too. Then she went on to say that she'd been doing this protesting longer than any of us who have opinions okay. about whether or not she's going to sing the anthem. Yeah. That yeah. part is also true. Mm-hmm. But motherfuckers yeah. got offended. Like, she says she's been doing this longer. Nigga, she has. Nigga, she absolutely nigga, has. Nigga, she's been doing this longer than you've been like, a lot. You fucking like, Dr. She, King. Yeah, she grew, up during, she grew up during, she came up during Jim Crow. She had to play the Chitlin circuit because she couldn't play, you know, there were no segregated, you know, integrated venues, like whatever. Mm-hmm. She has, and people also thought that was towards Cap. And I was like, no, that's towards all y'all motherfuckers on Twitter right now talking shit about her singing mm-hmm. the anthem. Mm-hmm. The last part was saying something about giving the anthem back its voice. And I think that was a misstep because the anthem is racial as shit. And it's right. Um, but again, I think she got all, she might not know the third verse. Of it. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, again, like Reagan said, we can't assume Glass mm-hmm. has been engaged in the level of political discourse that we all have in the past year, however, right, or two right, years. Right, it's got however, pies to make on Sunday and grease the kitchen. <laughs> right. I want y'all niggas. But however, we can't, we also can't dismiss her like she don't know what the fuck she's doing. And to right. your point, like it's the national anthem at the Super Bowl. This is still bucket list for a lot of entertainers, you mm-hmm. know, in her hometown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not going to get a chance to do this shit again. Exactly. She should do it. But what's ironic is, so people got to Travis Scott. Travis can be ignorant, whatever. People got it, Gladys. I ain't seen nobody say nothing about Andre Patton. Not nothing. I'm yeah. like, what? Well, I'm like, we gonna cancel Outcast? Like, right. what we gonna right. do? And, 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 and now Chloe, Chloe and Haley. Yeah. Now Chloe and Haley. You gonna cancel Beyonce? Like, what? Like, what? What we doing? The 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 energies don't match. And I and and to his credit, like Big ain't said shit about it. Right. You know, Chloe and Haley themselves, they put out a statement about it. And maybe that's. The difference, a lot of it's actually going under a lot of people's radar, but it's just like I didn't even know Chloe and Hallie was gonna be there. I knew Big Boy though. Yeah, yeah it's like choose they're, 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 what's Chloe, your line and maintain Chloe, your line. Chloe and Hallie are singing uh, "America the Beautiful." America the Beautiful, okay. and knowing them, listen, Chloe and Hallie have a really great team. Yvette mm-hmm. North Shore is one of the smartest publicists out there. She's known us for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. um, she knows messaging. Mm-hmm. She know, you know, I'm sure they're gonna do something to make some kind of statement during mm. their performance of some sort. But still, it's like either maintain the energy across the board or don't. You know what I mean? Right. It's like one, do one way or the other, but everybody's goalposts shift according to their faves. Like, you can't boycott Miss Gladys. You won't buy nothing from Miss Gladys. She ain't putting out new music. It's not like you had Gladys night tickets and all of a sudden you decided you're not going to go to the show. Like, come right. on now, let's be real. You know, so I just want people to admit that how they feel, the stance they take is based on who's involved. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. It, look, man, like, okay, I'm gonna just say this, and I don't, I'm, I'm gonna be old black man right now. <laughs> like, like, when the fuck did Cap become the king? Like, seriously, <laughs> like, everybody got to ask permission for, for Colin Kaepernick for them to perform at the Super Bowl. Like, that is fascinating to me. It is. It is mind-blowing to me. Like, guys, there are people who are playing in the game. There are black people playing mm-hmm. in the game. There are black people on the teams. There are coaches. There are corporate right. sponsors that are black people. There are black people performing at those corporate sponsored shows at those events. Like, what are you talking about? And black people going. And black people working at the stadium. And working at the stadium. And black people going to be down there spending their money. Yes. Okay? 
And hopefully in the black businesses, the same way we did with New Orleans, and we shot out that that list of those black businesses in New Orleans, right? And you went out there and you spent your money. It's a three-hour wait to go eat at a black restaurant during S. Right, right. I'm saying, like, this idea that everyone has to sort of go to cap to sort of get his blessing and get his permission, like, is, is, is beyond comprehension to me. I don't have any stock in Travis Scott. I don't right. care. I, like, I, I, I'm indifferent about him. Whether or not he's performing at the Super Bowl is of no consequence to me. Right. It's of no consequence to the next black person that gets shot or get the shit beat out of him by a mm-hmm. cop. It's right. not changing anything. Right. Like this idea, like I, I am even even with that whole debacle of um I don't know if that's Cap's wife or if that's his um uh, his Nessa, girl. that's his girl. I don't, I don't think they, I don't okay. think they're married yet. Yeah, but like that whole debacle of 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 Travis Scott sort of reaching out to him, when, and then it was supposed to be a lie, and right, all right. of the ins and outs. It's like all of this is just messy, and it's mm-hmm. unnecessarily so. Okay, Cap has a lawsuit. He's filing his grievances the proper way, the right. way that we, you know, we we understand it to be proper. Okay, I'm not sure what's to go. To, to, to get like this sort of blessing, like they got to go get fucking knighted to go right. do something at the Super Bowl. Gladys Knight, like you said, is 75 years old, guys. And she's 75. What are you mm-hmm. talking about right, right now? Yeah. Right. And also, it further has just, just confused the entire purpose of the boycott. So, like, okay, so we're boycotting the NFL because Cap couldn't get another job, mm-hmm. because Cap is is protesting racial injustice, et cetera. Okay, cool. But over time, it's all got mixed up. Like, there, there are two separate things happening. There's what Cap was boycotting in the first place, which is what we're still boycotting. And then there's the boycott of NFL, which is more about Cap. And it, it just, it got, it, it all gets conflated. Um, and, and like, to your point, first of all, the timeline on Sunday still be popping for football. So right, I don't even really right. know. Yeah, the whole shit. I watch the games on Sunday and shit. Fuck, niggas. I'm, I, 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 I ain't want to bring it up, Reagan, because you know Sean's a, a Saints fan, and you know that nigga's still mad about that. You think that nigga mad now? So I ain't want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but like, what is what is the end game? Because I don't even watch football, but I look forward to the Super Bowl for the food uh, and family I come up and shit. Mm-hmm. So right. what is the end game? Are we the never NFL, supposed to perform at yeah. the Super Bowl again? So we watch? losing no money. I mean, let's right. be real, and that, oh. may sound, and that may sound very over simplistic but the other thing that i just wanted to point out is that when the nfl first announced in september when it was first announced that maroon five was performing for halftime niggas was like how's the super bowl in atlanta and it ain't no black artists and it ain't they no atlanta sure artists sure and it's like okay and i said then all right but had they announced some black artists y'all would have been like oh damn but right. and sure enough now they have right. a whole bunch of atlanta artists mm-hmm. and motherfuckers is like what which what we just mad to be we just mad at everything like we gotta right. figure it out you know Mm-hmm. What you think, Reagan? You got anything else to say on this shit? No, I'm just like, what's the end game? So are we, are, are lit performers never supposed to perform at the Super Bowl again? And we just supposed to watch whack-ass shows from, <laughs> yeah, we I don't to... know, hair bands or <laughs> hair metal bands? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's keep it going. Uh, hey, before I forget, cause all my, been on my mind. So I don't know if you are not allowed to say this, Reagan, but. I'm gonna ask anyway. If you can't say nothing, it's cool. Is your character gonna come back on Queen Sugar? Listen, I hope so. I don't control shit. They call me and tell me what time to be on the plane, and I'll be there. So <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I hope so. It's so funny being on that show because 
older black women who I don't want to make generalities, but older black women who may not even be okay with queer relationships come up to me like, I love you on that show and I don't like that being here. You need to come back at the gym, at the at the grocery store all the time. So I guess, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I really enjoyed um, y'all, you know, y'all characters. It's just wild with that, with the Nova character, you know, because it, even more than some of the other ones, it's like she has these seemingly like really in depth relationships, and then yeah. they just go away. Yeah, like with you, with with the cat, yeah. with with the with the little with the little boy who she li- who lived with her for a little while, mm-hmm. with the guy who was she was kind of you know, selling drugs with the guy with the tattoos on his face. Yeah, like with the with the white cop, with the doctor, like the, they just go away. It's like they like. Okay, but that's part of Nova's story is that she has mm-hmm. problems with attachment and trust. Yeah. Um, she can and if, she can be all over the place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing with Nova that's interesting to me, and I don't think I know Sean and Jeff. You guys weren't True Blood watchers, but it really no, I know, no, I'm a True Blood. Oh, but she there's a lot of Tara, Tara. in Nova to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's some things about them that are very similar, that lack of trust and that caution mm-hmm. and that I'm very into you, but then I'm going to make it blow up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that that whole type of thing. I see I see a lot of them in there. How much, how much was, uh, when you were working um, mm-hmm. on Queen Sugar, how much was Ava around? Or was she, was she kind of just in that? Ava, Ava wasn't there. She called me when I got the job. Okay. Um, and just gave me kind of, you know, how she saw the character and how she mm. saw the character developing um, with Nova. And then I didn't see her again. But being on that set was like life changing for me. I was going to ask you, how was it working on the set? In, in oh, Louisiana my God. It was, was life changing for me because, you know, she was the first show to have only women directors. Yes. yes. Only women. And I was going to ask, who directed your episodes? So Nima Barnett directed two. Sally Richardson Directed oh, wow. one. Yeah, okay. no, she's Sally's been directing a lot of TV. Yeah, I've seen um Deontay talk about that. Yeah. Um Julie I mean, Dash. Julie Dash uh directed a few also. And I got to shadow Julie Dash on set, which was like wow. on my bucket list. So but I'd never been on a set like that before. First of all, it was in New Orleans. I'd never been to New Orleans before. Really? Um, yeah, I, never, I never, I never, I, I never been, I've never been to Essence Fest. I never, I'm, Reagan. I'm, on, I know. Well, somebody got to pay for me to come out there. I'm just going to be spending <laughs> my money Reagan, to come Reagan, out Reagan, there. I, I got babies in private I got school. Two kids, right? Okay? <laughs> That's right. Somebody got to pay for me to come out there and be on a panel or something. But I, I, the, I love the city. I love that they shoot um in the city. I think it brings a, a, a level of authenticity to the show. Um, but I had never been on a set like that with, with not only that many black people, but that many black women, um, Mm -hmm. in high power positions. It was, it was dope as fuck. And it made it hard. I remember the first episode I did and I came home and I had an audition the next day. I was like, fuck this shit. I don't want to go to this whack ass (laughs) shit because you can't go back on a show like that. So that's kind of what, cause I was already, um, writing and stuff and directing stuff on my YouTube and like, you know, doing the podcast or whatever. But that like solidified it for me. Like I'm not God willing, as long as the mortgage is paid for, I do not want to have to go out and audition for these shows that I think are whack. Like I used to have to do at 21 and 22 and 23. At 39, I'm not doing that shit no more. So that show let me know what is possible. Do you have and what the norm should be. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be all one way kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Are you also working on um any more uh, uh voice work? Because I know you did the uh Cleveland show and you pretty yeah. much stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'm still doing well. Steven Universe, their story is not, um, my character hasn't been on, um, in a while, but I do a little, you know, little things here and there. But I need to get a regular show, I need to get another yeah, regular show. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we will, we will. We, mm-hmm. we, 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 we know, we know you, you, you're talented, you're gonna be good. Oh, um, I want to bring up, but uh, since we're talking about black women, <clears throat> we can't do this show without mentioning Kamala Harris, yeah, who announced her. Her, uh, run for the 2020 presidential cam- uh, presidential campaign uh, this past week, and just like the last two topics we spoke about, niggas on Twitter start acting crazy. So, um, there's an issue. There, the issue with Kamala, because I hear people a lot who say her name, her name is Kamala. Her name mm-hmm. is pronounced Kamala for those who don't know. But uh, the issue with her is that she was a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. in the state of California uh, for a long time and um, maybe even the attorney general, I think also. Um, and so of course she, you know, was in charge of you know overseeing a lot of cases and, you know, a lot of people ended up going to jail under her watch. But, you know, my thing is like, yo, why you niggas need to go to jail? Like, I don't, I, 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 I that's good. So Jeff is freezing and that's, that was God. Policy's like, Jeff, Jesus, Jeff, Jeff, no, you freezing. That was Jesus. Let that rock. Let that rock. Let that rock. That was God's hands staying at fight. Nope, nope. I'm on the porch and I'm drinking my gin and I'm fucking my shit. Your moonshine. What is this? My point, my moonshine, exactly. My point is this. I'm, I, I know some of the policies were harsh, but I'm just thinking about, thinking about it in, in a little bit of a bigger picture. California is a huge state. I think it has the biggest economy of any state in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the union and bigger, bigger economy than most countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like you have to almost say, look, California is almost like a country. Like, yeah. it, like some of the, again, I'm not saying that there aren't innocent people that, innocent people that have gone to jail under her watch. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is to like act like she couldn't be a prosecutor and then do her job and try to keep some type of order in a place that was in a state that is so big and so you know population filled. I just don't think it's like like what do you it's what do we want? Quite, it's just... not quite that simple, Jeffrey. Um, okay, okay. The, well, problem, with, down. the problem with college... I'm, I'm gonna sit back and let y'all bring it down. <laughs> and 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 my I think Nick, was... Nick, if you call you Jeffrey, you get <laughs> it. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on here. It's not just that Kamala was a prosecutor. It's that um, when given opportunities to vote for legislator or, or to um, support legislature that would reduce crimin- um, reduce sentence lengths or allow for early release um her pattern was to vote against that. And at what really is haunting her right now was that at one point she made a statement and it may be out of context. I need to do some research about how they, she couldn't support early release of um, some criminals because something about losing like that labor force. And there is, it's not so much just like she was a prosecutor and she locked people up. It's more about, um, going against reform and supporting certain things that are considered completely against the justice, the criminal justice initiatives that all of us black folks and, you know, mm-hmm. liberals for the most part are championing, championing now. Now that's not to say 
that it's all bad because she is also there's also now some tapes of her that are out where she's was talking like in 2006 like the mid 2000s about what the relationship between the black community and criminal law enforcement should be that sounds very much like you know the black lives matter platform you know so mm-hmm. the thing is that there you know people sees on one side there there's no nuance ever anymore it doesn't exist anymore there's no gray area everything is very extreme it's been my point for this whole podcast with with gladys with taraji with now kamala it's like just the the lack of nuances drives me fucking and sean's point on cap like the lack of nuances drives me insane Uh, and i'm not even saying i'm gonna vote for kamala yet because it's dumb early but i just hate that how niggas is already just oh we we can't vote for her but 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 then you're gonna vote for some white candidate uh Mm-hmm. Um, he's froze again. I mean, I get it. Like we, what we do I'm have like, to. Oh, go ahead. But I, but I actually wanted to kind of ask. I, mean, I definitely want to talk to Sean and Reagan about it. But I wanted to ask Reagan a little bit about it because you live in California. Yeah. Like, so you were. I'm assuming you were living in California during the time that mm-hmm. she was. Um, she was uh work, working in the state. So yeah, what, but this is kind of like my introduction to her as well. I mean, I voted for her uh for Senate, but I haven't really looked into her policies like that. But that's the. That's the interesting thing about running for Senate versus running for president. Um, running for president, you will be introducing yourself to the whole country and you have a chance to kind of reinvent yourself. Now, people are not going to forget the policies that she had before. The fact that she's a prosecutor, I think it is going to be hard for a lot of people to listen to her. But I think she's a smart woman. I, she knew what she was getting into when she decided to run for president. Absolutely. She knows what time it is. Her campaign, I'm assuming they are very smart people. I'm assuming they know what they're doing. They know that this is going to be something, a hurdle that she has to get over. And I hope she does it well. Um, but another thing about the presidential campaign that people like to forget is that uh, she's not the only one running. People are going to force her more to the left. Right. It happened in 2016. People are going to force her her more to the left because times have changed. And with Black, Li- with Black Lives Matter and the fact that the Democratic Party, the base is Black women and Black people in general, mm-hmm. she knows what she's up against. She knows what time it is. And I'm, I'm interested to see... Um, I'm interested to see what her new policies are. And I'm interested to see what other candidates who are running, what they press her on. The other thing is that what I'm really hoping is that we don't, again, like we did in 2016, get so caught up. Like, there is no perfect candidate. It just doesn't exist. It does not exist. And what you have to look at is who in the field is going to best represent your best interest and the best interest of the country, right? And motherfuckers totally overlooked that shit in 2016. Uh, and, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, the Supreme Court justices and all of this oh shit. Was just kinda, all of it. Yeah. It was another, so another thing, another thing too, that we are ignoring from 2016, them bots. Yeah. People yes. are on Twitter arguing yes. bots. Yes. And their bots are not stupid. We got all of those articles saying that black, that they infiltrated black Twitter, that they know yeah. what the fuck we talking about. We, they know what, what gets us going and they know what to say. So just like they have bots for Bernie to, to, to kind of make people, you know, not want to vote no. for Hillary, the same kind of shit is going to happen, whether it's Kamala. It's happened already. The bot's purpose is to sow discord, period. And actually, somebody somebody sent me an article. It was a CNN article, so I believe 
tweeted saying that the very first account to tweet out the video of the kids from the Catholic high school and the Navajo mm -hmm. um, and the Navajo chief arguing came from a body count that has since been suspended. Mm -hmm. But oh, wow. we've been arguing over that shit for a week. You know what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. they like it's going it's going all the way up to the White House and back down. So mm -hmm. they the whole point is just to, to get everybody riled up and arguing and there's so dissension. But right. in terms of like black folks, we, and I mean this, this, and you know, there's a certain, you know, think peace Twitter, we get me the fuck up out of here for saying this, but like we can't afford to be tripping up over minutia. Like we cannot, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, the, and the problem is that, you know, yeah, get behind who you're going to get behind in the primaries, but once we have a candidate, like we really need to all get behind that candidate for the general because yeah. like the shit is so real. Like the shit is so real. Like our, our whole Republic a, is about to fall apart. And this and is another instance. This is another instance of Twitter being a bubble. Cause no matter what the fuck people say on Twitter, you see what the stats are come election day. Yeah. Right. You see who is voting for who. And we, we always choose the best person. Um, for us, yep. we just always do. We've never been able to choose a perfect candidate, whether they be shit. We've only had one black president. Everybody else, right? You know? Yeah. So yeah. you know, we but but come election day, you see what the fuck it is. So yeah. Twitter can say whatever they want, but come election day, we always choose the best possible person. We hope because last election day, motherfuckers was writing in Hennessy. And uh what was that damn gorilla's name who died? Oh, the uh, gorilla. Yeah, like Harambe. Yeah, and and Peace to Harambe. Peace to Harambe. Harambe could have won a damn Senate seat. You know, so it's just like and and in some in some states it actually did make a difference. You know, mm -hmm. so it so when people are like, Oh, the vote doesn't matter or oh, you know, it's not gonna matter if I'm just hoping I was hoping to see lessons learned and I already see like the Bernie folks starting up again and the way people are coming at Camelot. I'm like, y'all ain't learned shit. From no, nothing. And you know what? The, me the media is just, is going to be just as fucked up as they That's were. Gonna like, worse. Worse. It's going to be worse. worse. It's going to be worse. Sean, but you, Sean, you, you over there, you over there, Sean. You want to mention this? Uh, you want to mention this? Uh, you want to talk about the shutdown a little bit? Well, I want to see what he's going to say about the election. Okay. I mean, I just, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys. I, I listen, the issue that she is going to face that Barack Obama didn't face is that she has a history mm -hmm. that she, you know, Barack was really a young senator. He came yeah. in fresh. He didn't have a lot of explaining to do per se. Right. And listen, is, is this, I wouldn't necessarily use the words minutia, right? Because prison, it, we understand what that means now when we look at things in hindsight, right. And we know that we've had some, you know, we're disproportionately affected by this. Those draconian sentences are, mm -hmm. you know, really, really harming us, right? And I think that it would probably be in her best interest to address that, like right now, like immediately. Immediately, like, yeah. Immediate, yeah, like sit down, do whatever you need to do to address it, have the conversation because you do not want this lingering mm -hmm. around, mm -hmm. hovering over your head when you got to go to these town halls and do debates when there's five or six other people on stage. So listen, like, like Reagan said, like I'm sure the people that she has doing this, um, I believe some of her campaign people are the same people that had Hillary's uh, mm -hmm. campaign. 
So hopefully they've learned from the, the missteps that they had with her and that they um sort of figure this out. But look, she is uh, a bright woman. She has the pedigree. She, like I said before, she's an attractive woman. Don't ever think that that's not going to play a right. role. Right. Um, she'll, she'll get out there and, and, and she knows her shit. She has the law and order background that that can probably swing a couple folks over and make them feel you know good about voting for her. So we'll see how it goes. So she got a she, she got a fine ass sister too. It's one of the you know what piece, piece to Kamala's sister. She bad as a motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> um, and just and, and just peace to everybody who's still uh, stuck in this government shutdown. It doesn't feel like there's no end in sight. Um, as of uh, Friday, this coming Friday, this will be the second paycheck that people have missed. So people haven't been paid since before Christmas. And, mm. and this is craziness. Like, you know, everybody, you know, like we, sp- we spoke about this before, and they've been saying this, you know, many, many, most Americans are, you know, on a check-to-check kind of thing. You know, you yeah. you know, you know, pay your bills, you try to put a little something in the, in the, in the coffee jar, but, you know, it, it should get tight, and you got to, you know, hold on to that next check. But now you haven't been paid since 2018 literally and there's no end in, it doesn't feel like there's no end in sight because you know the president doesn't give a fuck Mm-mm. so it's just uh i don't know what's gonna happen in here man like you know you got tsa uh they had a tsa beefing you got the head of the coast guard beefing you got you know like, now the getting, fbi saying that the they FBI, won't be able to operate yeah. Yeah, the, it, the getting, u.s courts are going to shut down at the yeah, top of february like february is the breaking february is the for real for real breaking point for a lot of our yeah. systems I, yeah. ironically i think that <laughs> i think that this state of the union situation is going to be the thing that forces trump to the table because he doesn't give a fuck about any of this he doesn't um he just mad that, he couldn't be on tv He's mad right now that he can't be on TV. And I actually read an article that was talking about, like, for example, when he was fighting for Trump Casino in Atlantic City, he was fighting for it against Merv Griffin. And everybody was telling him that it was going to kill him financially. It was going to siphon funds from his other business. It was probably going to make him bankrupt. Like, it wasn't realistic. But all he was focused on was winning. And sure enough, even after the casino opened, like, he went bankrupt also almost immediately after. Mm-hmm. But but the point was that Trump gets so hyper-focused on just being able to say, I won. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care what the fallout is. Um, because he himself will pick up and start over and just do some other shit. He, he'll be just fine. Yeah, and that's extending to the government right now. Like, he doesn't really care about this shutdown. He doesn't really even care how he it's looks a, in the shutdown. It's not even a really. He doesn't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. And also, what we don't, what we have to realize, and people are starting to say, is that the more unstable our government com- becomes, the more likely the chance that we can't fix it. Like, the further away we get, the harder it's going to be to come back. Like, I don't know when we're ever going to come back to, like, a real normal, like a pre-Trump normal. Mm-hmm. But destabilizing the government works in his favor. Like, yeah. okay, right now, that, that's that's the whole point. That's yeah. why he was put in the position that he's in yeah. right now. To, to that was Bannon's goal. Fuck shit Bannon, up, yep. Bannon's goal was chaos. Bannon's goal was to, was to literally, like, take apart... Our democracy and our republic. It has only been two years. Two yep. years. Like, look, that's look, crazy. Look, look, look at what's happened. Like the census a- is about to be fucked up, which is going to affect us for the next decade. You know, um, and and we're acting like the twenty twenty elections are a given. Like shit. Who the fuck? Who the fuck knows what's happening right now? But anyway, I think that the one thing Nancy is putting her foot down for the first time on Trump giving State of the Union because for those who don't know. 
The State of the Union is not a public address. It is an address to Congress. Mm. Um, Constitutionally, the president is required to address Congress at the first, at the beginning of each um, calendar year of the administration to kind of tell them what's going on and what his plans are and how he plans to move forward. Then it used to be written. Then he, they started doing it with Congress in person. And then with the advance of media, it started becoming uh, um, televised and broadcasting. Trump, I don't think, understands this. And this is why Congress has to and, invite Trump and, to do exactly. it. Exactly. And Nancy Pelosi has the power to say yes or no. Right. right. Now, if Trump now Trump can give it somewhere else, but it defeats the purpose because the purpose right. is to give it to the joint the joint sessions of Congress. And have people cheering and all that. And shit. all of that other shit. So if Trump decides to go off and like do it from the oval and just do it on TV, it's like clearly you don't understand like what your office how your office operates, which we already know. Okay. So, you know, Nancy told him before, I suggest you postpone it or give it to us in writing. In return, he canceled a trip of hers, and now he's come back and said, "No, nah, I'm gonna do it." But I don't think he really fully understands it. Like, like you can't, like you, yeah. li- like you literally cannot, or at least you can't speak from the podium in the chamber without the express consent of the Speaker of the House. And she's not going to give it. And I actually think that the idea of him not being able to go on TV and have all these people cheering for him and all the adulation because the State of Union is usually pretty civil. Um, is gonna be what actually makes him sit down because he's gonna be his head is gonna explode. Like you, you, he's takes like she's taking away. It's like punishing a kid. Like no, you can't mm-hmm. watch TV. Yeah. You know, he, she's taking away the thing that's most important now. Yeah, I'm just uh, so goddamn tired of seeing his face on my goddamn TV oh every night. Oh my god, not alone on that. And one. hearing I, his voice, I hate I it. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Um, the powers that be with uh, all of the networks that have a vested interest in the mm-hmm. NFL, as well as the billionaire owners are going to have a conversation um, with, with, with the people that they've made a lot of donations to mm. this out because Atlanta is, if you've never been to Atlanta's airport, it is a shit show on a oh, Wednesday yeah. afternoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a complete and utter shit show when they are fully staffed. And so the idea that you're going to have hundreds of flights packed. On a Monday morning out. leaving Atlanta? No, even. No, going to, to the Super Bowl. Going to the Super Bowl, coming from. It is going to be. I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine what they're doing in terms of private, uh, private planes. Cause you know, a lot of corporate jets, yeah. a lot of people fly private. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen with air traffic control. Like, th- th- this is going to be like insane. insane. Yeah, a lot, a lot, because a lot of the TSA uh, agents and the like air traffic controllers, uh, among other people, uh, at, at Hartsfield are, to, uh, you know, from their powers that, from their, you know, top powers that be are saying, like, this is, that weekend, next weekend, uh, is the weekend to prove the point. Like, mm. we shut yes, down, right. yes, that right. shit down, then they got, then, then something's gonna shake because I, like, Dude, said, I, it's too much I, money I to went, lose. I flew out, I, I, I went to Miami, uh, last week and mm. you can feel the difference in mm-hmm. the airport. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have everything. I got clear TSA mm-hmm. pre-check. I'm basically walking through mm-hmm. and I promise you, them lines are insane. The lines are insane. What would have normally been a breeze through, it w- it was not. It was thirty minutes. Yeah, right. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying. So and 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 again, I just don't know 
that with all that is riding on, um, you know, the, the, all of their financial interests, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I gotta get up out of here because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> niggas, niggas, shit, Gomez. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I want to uh talk about this um, the fire festival documentaries. Did you see them, Reagan? Nah, but I saw that clip that everybody been uh, oh, okay. of Andy from the Netflix yes, one. Yes, Andy, yeah, your yes. man, Andy, Andy, Andy the Andy the God. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Andy, doing whatever Andy, it took. If you ain't got a friend like Andy, you ain't got no friends. Andy about that action. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, two documentaries came out um, right behind each other. Uh, one on Netflix, one on Hulu. Both about the fire. Uh, yeah, festival. Festival, festival uh, that was happened was supposed to happen last. I think it was last June or July. It was last summer. Um, and the chaos that ensued and why they why it didn't happen. It kind of take it from. Not necessarily two different angles, but they're a little different. And one documentary has the interv- has an interview with uh, Billy McFarlane, who was the guy that ran the fire festival and some other scams. Um, let me just let me just interject real quick, Jeff. Go ahead, because, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because memories, from my reading and understanding, the Netflix documentary was done. It was produced by the the uh, fuck Jerry media yes. people. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yes, and, and that, it was Hulu I, done by it was Hulu, Hulu I, done by Vice. No, Fuck Jerry did it. Did the Netflix uh, believe- in conjunction with Vice. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, Fuck Jerry didn't. But the one on Hulu, from my understanding, again, is that Billy McFarlane was paid for that. Didn't he, he was paid. Yes, he he was, was paid. Um, he said he was paid two fifty. The producer said they paid him like one something. But yeah. I and that's what. So like the Netflix people are like. Oh, you can't trust the Hulu doc because they pay Billy and we wouldn't pay Billy. But the net, but if you watch both of them, so the way I've described it to people is that the Hulu doc is the story of Billy and yeah. how Billy mm-hmm. even got into a position to be able to pull this level of a scam off, right? But also the story of is a cautionary tale against influencer influencer culture, which mm-hmm. is really what Firefest was built off of so so i think hulu gives you the this is the climate under which this was even able to become this thing Mm -hmm. and netflix is more because the fuck jerry dudes had all this content because they were part of the whole thing netflix is more like he here's what was going on logistically as we were trying to plan this Mm -hmm. and things were falling apart and netflix does kind of give a lot of distance like like it's all like it's all on Billy, whereas with the Hulu doc, it's more like we all should have known Billy was full of shit and should have stopped him a long time ago. You know, like that yeah. type of thing. And so Netflix so the Hulu folks throw a shot at Netflix at the end of the doc. They're like, Yeah, this other doc is coming out, you know, with with the rest of fuck Jerry. Like, how's that gonna what's that gonna be like? Yeah, what, what you know, we'll see what that's gonna be. Um, and Netflix throws shots at Hulu because they pay Billy. I'm not mad they pay Billy because I'm actually I was happy to see Billy's interview because you get to understand just who he is and how easily he lies mm-hmm. and how fa- you know how much double talk there is. Like I really appreciated seeing that because you can really understand like yo this this is a wild boy. Um, and the Netflix doc I like the level of detail, but I, but I feel like they're companion pieces kind of. Mm. Okay. What did, yeah. what did you think, Jeff? 
I thought that yeah, I thought they could, um they definitely kind of could be comparing pieces. I watched Netflix and then Hulu. I watched in that order, and I kind of happy to watch in that order. What what it did was though, it made me. Um, and I, I listened to a podcast with some guys talking about, it, and I felt the same way. Watching the Netflix and then watching the Hulu doc made me like watch the Hulu doc with a bit of a side eye because I knew Billy was a total fucking liar and a piece of shit. So even when I was watching that interview, I was like, this nigga's lying. Like, but I think we knew, but we knew, I watched Hulu first and I knew he was lying. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think we didn't understand he was lying. You know what I mean? I think the whole thing was like, Emperor has no clothes on. I think that was kind of presented from the jump. Yeah, but, um, but I, I, okay, but I just felt like he, not just a liar, but like a pathological, like he can't, he can't yeah. tell the truth. Like he can't and they actually help said himself. That- in the doc, like they actually yeah. said that in the doc, and they asked him, like, "Are you a pathological liar?" Like they yeah. they called it out on that. But that's yeah. what I think was great about it was like you get to see it for yourself because there was really very little of Billy in the Netflix. Yeah, doc. There, there was footage of him, but like you said, it was no actual no actual interview. But and I even, thought it was I thought it was just interesting to watch how like you said how influencer culture can lead people, and especially like kind of like those uh, the rich kids of Instagram world to lead those kids into like just like you know because everybody. It seems like pretty much everybody who went to the festival, uh, it looked like they were pretty affluent kids. Like they come from, yeah. you know, families with money. It so, was wild because I remember it, it unfolding in real time, uh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was like, what the hell? And and also just like, how does this happen? And that's what I think was great. Like Netflix touched on it, but Hulu really went into depth about like how often, like how Billy was like robbing Peter to pay Paul with money. You know what I mean? Oh, like. I'm moving over here and I'm doing this and I'm moving over here and I'm doing that and I'm taking this money that's supposed to be for this and I'm putting it over there and I'm giving you this and I'm doing that and that and just kind of like shifting stuff around. But it was really amazing to me, like how many people would buy into nothing, you know? And yeah. I and I think Netflix kind of gave you the feeling that had like five things gone differently, this festival would have happened. But Whereas like, with Hulu, you were like, oh, this shit was never gonna happen. It was never like, happening. Yeah, and yeah. you know, Bill, Billy shows is like, yo, like what we kind of you know talked about a lot on on today is like yo like what you know what white folks can get away with it's like yo like if you're like a young white male you know what i'm right. saying who went to like you know what they deem as good schools and you got that you know you, you keep smiling a lot and just kind of kind of keep saying the shit over and over again like white folks will like open up their wallets and give that young white male money because he reminds them of themselves or their sons That's and they assume that that he's on the up and up because why wouldn't he be yeah they don't, yeah, even, exactly. do a, they don't even do a background check like why right. he's, a, he's a good kid he went to right. you know, he went to dalton I, I i love this guy you know what i'm saying right. so so that's what he he kept getting investors and he just kept kind of getting people to wire him money and that is um wild. But it's, it's, a, it's it's a but it, you know it's um it's a great watch like both documents are a great watch. they're like a fun watch because it's like yeah this should because you can't believe what you're watching you know but right. um but um you know and, and at, now he's doing six years in, in in the pen um which you know in the big picture is yeah, not right. that much yeah exactly ain't that much time yeah, right. you know i you know i i i still kind of wondering how Ja Rule got out of this shit unscathed? Well, because <laughs> because well, I think well, she was trying to change that on Twitter the other day. I don't know. Yeah, what like, I was being reckless. I was like, "Where is your attorney?" You, you. <laughs> Yo, he, he, well, I think I think that well, there were a couple things that really stood out with the docs to me, and I agree. I, I felt like the Hulu uh, doc was a little more in depth um, in terms of because the one thing, listen, it. Oh Lord, he froze. Sean, uh, scamming privilege. Yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. You, you were saying the one thing. 
Am I there? One thing. Yeah, yeah, it's here. one thing to scam. The one thing is one thing to scam rich, privileged kids, right? Like they don't, you know, a twenty-two-year-old kid spending their their mom's twenty-five go, you know, wild vacations. One thing, right? Getting scamming them. Wait, Sean, so, we're losing like, you if you can hear if you can hear us, but you're going in and out. You froze up. Hold on. Oh, you went on mute. Okay. Now you're good. Okay, there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying to scam those kids <laughs> is one thing. But to the way he was getting over with the venture capitalist people, the yeah. investor people, yeah. It was mind blowing. Now, this kid comes from a level of privilege and they didn't necessarily tap into that. Right. Yeah, like, they didn't. They didn't really get into deep. Yeah. His parents, when they say his parents are real estate developers, right? This kid grew up in Short Hills, New Jersey, which isn't far from me. This is a very privileged, you know, area. Like the median household income in 2016 was like three hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars. Okay, so he comes from a level of access that you, just, you know, a normal person just won't really. So when you he had to, you know, he, he got one investor to give him 800. I'm sorry. Aubrey McClendon was the first person that invested in yeah. that person who invested in the Magnesis thing. This is also a man who also had a ton of fraud yep. and, and was brought up on charges and was indicted and died after the indictment. Right. So, okay, he goes off. He starts his business, obviously, with the pictures and what we know now, right? You can literally see he's just tossing money around, mm -hmm. right? How he rent a townhouse in Soho? Yeah, in the West with Village. No history, with, mm -hmm. no, with no financial history, yep. right? I've, I've gone to get a rented office space or get space in New York City. You are not coming in there unless you got two years of tax returns and right. two of the bank statements. Yeah. And they right. have a debate. Yeah. He doesn't have any of that. So then he gets his other level of money. It was like $805,000 from another set of investors. But the kicker was after he had done all of that, he gets on his plane, he goes to New York, he meets with um, Ezra Birnbaum. Mm-hmm who then gives him, like, a fucking ridiculous loan of $3 million. Right. At, like, 128%. Like, the numbers on this loan. Basically, the kid had to pay back $500,000 in two weeks or he was in breach of the loan. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, the terms were just, un it was unreal. But he handed him over $3 million. Like, nobody picked up the phone. The guy, Chris Wales, was the only venture capitalist, um... And and thankfully for him, Comcast didn't get scammed because he right. he basically had a valuation of ninety million dollars. Like these are all easily verifiable things. And I say all that to say is that the 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 privilege of being a young white man and wearing cool sneakers and being you know, a being you can amazing, do anything. you can do anything. Um, Literally, mind blowing because I, there is no world, there is no world where I'm walking in. 
I could be in in my best tailored suit. I'm not right. walking out of there with 500 grand. How right. do you even get a meet with Aubrey McClendon? Yeah, Aubrey exactly. McClendon is a multi-billionaire at that yeah. point. Right. And, and he, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you remember the story he told? He said that he went to meet Aubrey and he um he had this he, uh, you, you, uh, Reagan, he, he had, had the magnesis. He had, he had started the, uh, like a like a kind of like a like a, a, a credit a card, a, a fake a fake ass black card that he literally made at his crib. Like he he, he said he bought That's a. Wild. a he said he ordered some sheet metal from China and he went down in the basement and he cut the metal and then figured out a way to take the magnetic strip off of his debit card and put it on the card. And he said he went to like a local store in his town and swiped it and was like, oh shit, it worked. That's how yeah, he started because, it. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 what was, and what was really, really interesting, right, is because I've I've had a few people send us proposals for investing and things like that. So I have a little bit of experience with um, really doing a little bit of due diligence. Really some basic due diligence can really stop you from getting into business and getting into bed with folks. But one of the things about his scam that was really, really um, that, that you can tell he was able to perpetuate, right, is because the scam has to have an air of reality to it, mm, right? Like, there has right. to be a level of something you can touch, something you can feel, something that one or two people can can um say yeah this is this is accurate right like so that's why you see the 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 scene where they talk about you know he basically runs up the card to get beyond i'm sorry to get hamilton tickets that he promised to pay for the beyonce tickets that he it was it was the most ridiculous he was, he was promising uh, perks. He was promising perks through a card that couldn't deliver. And a friend of mine was saying this on Twitter, which was true. Like even Amex, with all the perks you get from an Amex card, they don't promise that under no, like under any circumstances, they can guarantee you they're going to get you these tickets. They have somebody who will try to get them for you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this card was like, and it basically it was your debit card plus you paid a membership fee for like your debit card attached to a concierge kind of service, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And the biggest perk, that the only perk that was real was that you had access to this townhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and But otherwise, he'd be like, I can get you tickets to this thing. I can get you tickets to that thing. I, but, and it would he, literally be the day of. And people be like, where are my tickets? And he'd have to like go on StubHub, pay an inflated rate, give the tickets, then wow. he'd take money he was getting from somebody else trying to buy something and move that over. It was over. a Ponzi, or, 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 was or, a Ponzi he scheme. Or, or, he was, or he would do stuff like, I could get you tickets to like the Met the Met Gala. That or, was when he tried or, to start the, a whole the, new company. The, yeah, that was Victoria's when he tried Secret, to start the way. Or the Victoria's Secret show and, and, those tickets got, are not, and those tickets are not for sale. Wait, so after, Fire, after Firefest failed, he started a new company, had someone else fronting it for him, and was doing the same shit all over again. What while, Jeff was talking about. Was, the Met Gala tickets. Why he was under investigation. Yeah, the Met Gala so, tickets, the Victoria's Secret tickets, VIP Grammy tickets, which aren't even really a thing. Um, you know, so, so it's like so he was doing it again. And that so that's going back to your thing, Jeff, about how Ja didn't get implicated. I think that what what Billy went eventually came up on charges for, if I'm not mistaken. Ja is named in the class action lawsuit. But what Billy went to jail for is wire fraud and investor fraud. 
Mm-hmm. And because he had inflated um, his his assets and his net worth and documents that he was providing to investors. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ja was just never a fiduciary officer. You know, like he was never actually handling money. I don't think he was ever actually like privy to the documents that broke down like profit and loss and all of that other stuff. And part of those charges are for what Billy did on the other side with this NYC Whatever that thing was, yeah, NYC VIP thing. Yeah. yeah. How did Jai even? How did Jai even get involved? Apparently, they, they, they black met, millennials they, love Jai. I don't yeah, know. They met. They met. They met somewhere at some party or something, and they just hit it off. That's not what happened. Wait, how did they meet? He he did the dude. Like when I say I watch these docs, because I could not <laughs> fathom how this shit happened. So basically, one of the things that a scammer does. Oh yeah, I remember really, what he did. Yeah, a really right. good con man. A really good con man and a great scammer always lets you think that he's the mark. Right. Uh-huh. That's that's important. It, they have to. You have to feel like you are kind of getting one up on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a Nigerian prince. Right. Like mm-hmm. the Nigerian prince. Right. So so he DMs a guy who he says, "Hey, I want to book Ja Rule." That's right. The that's right. Says, yeah. The guy says, "Yo, give me five hundred dollars, and, and I'll, I'll and, and, and I'll, I'll do this." Right. So mm-hmm. then he tells them where they are, they're partying or whatever. Come meet me here, whatever. Now the guy takes the, he takes the five hundred dollars. He then introduces him to another guy, mm-hmm. and that guy says, "I could book him for a thousand dollars." He then gives the thousand dollars to that guy. So at that point, he's kind of hovering in the circle. And one mm-hmm. of the things, that, and one of the things that is important to know is that in hip hop. When you see all of those sort of entourage guys, like this is a part of the backdoor hustle that they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How they make their little extra bread. And for the most part, artists really don't care, right? Like mm-hmm. they kind of know that that's what's happening. So at that point now, he's in the circle. Mm-hmm. So he goes and he says, hey, you know, I, I, I want you to be a part of this thing. Right now, when a guy comes and says, I want you to be a part of this thing and he's in a fucking Ford Explorer and he's wearing Joseph A. Bank suits. Mm-hmm. Right. Register. Right. But when, right. When, but when he's tossing around money, he's got this really new card mm-hmm. and, and he's driving a fucking Ferrari and he's tailing out this, you know, so now you got my attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So a guy, so so for me, when I'm when I'm looking at this, I'm like, sure, Jai's never going to be a part of any. Um, those titles, in my opinion, were more vanity. bullshit. Yeah, vanity titles, right? You can't. Well, first of all, at that point, John's a convicted felon, right. and who's had his own tax issues. There's no way he could be a, a, a officer of a corporation that's mm-hmm. looking to get investors, right? There's no way cool. you can have that paperwork. So that's how they get around that. Now, listen, I don't think for one second that John didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. I, I do think he felt like. They could pull this off, right? I really, right. I really, I really do think you felt like they could pull this off, and and it I was think he just, had no idea how bad the financials really were. I think he had well, no idea. I, I think, I, well, let me say this: I, you're right. I, I don't want to put my prism in how I see things. Like me, like I always want to know where the fuck the money is, bro. You, yeah, you ask, you ask all the questions. I am, I'm asking the questions, right? Because the last thing I need is some fucking cartel member coming up here. Right, <laughs> right. Y'all was like, what's my bungalow look like? What time is my flight? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> yeah. nah, where is this? I want to know where the source of the income and who you need to answer to, okay? Because I'm definitely not going to be going to take no paper bag to no Russians in Brighton Beach. Yeah. Yeah. 
come across oh. and, and you had they chop your head off and throw you in the yeah. ocean. <laughs> so, so, so that was what was just sort of weird to me. But again, the scam is appearing with this air of reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like so keep this 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 commercial. And of course they paid those models. They're not getting on planes for free. Right. So, yeah. so this idea, this idea that nobody got paid, because guess what? The only people that were saying they didn't get paid, the only people. The Bahamian, where the Bahamian was, was the, the black, black people. people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, and, and the black labor, not not just the black, because I'm sure there were probably black people involved in production. Okay. Yeah. Nobody was fucking doing this for free. Right. And, and none of and we've worked in entertainment, and and when I say that, I'm talking about like touring and things of that nature. Right. They ain't getting on a plane without that check. Hell no. Or that, well, that's why none. Of the, but that's why none of the artists came. Right. Like literally, none of the artists showed up. So right. that's why that's why none of the artists came. And I know one of the, and that's why the caterer quit. That's why they kept losing vendors. Mm-hmm. Um. But apparently, the ministry, the touring, the tour ministry has um or tourism board or whatever it is in the Bahamas has has a suit against them because there were still all these things trapped in customs mm-hmm. that were never paid for that came through and that's when your man Andy fees, had to, that's when, your that's man when Andy had to go <laughs> into work for the water at least but there was like merch <laughs> and a whole bunch of other stuff that never and I think some decor that never came through um like the beha- the, the 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 local labor um obviously the woman with the restaurant who has now been made whole through a GoFundMe mm-hmm. and but I think also, but the other thing about influencer culture is this level. Let let, let Miss Myrna get her money, bro. Come on now. (laughs) But the other thing about influencer culture is this level of trust. I can't imagine spending so much money and having so little information so close to my trip. I also can't imagine committing to a a festival period that popped up six months before the festival was supposed to happen. Like that's yeah, but yeah, but listen, people, people, the millennials and the younger generation do that don't don't care about trust because like they'll DM each other and be fucking the same day. Like they like so so trust and having to really do research on people for and there was yeah, and there was a level of excitement like we we're doing something that's never been done before and like you know about to be stunting on the gram on these right right. They talked about that um, fear of missing out is like yeah, yeah. FOMO. Yeah, that really occurs, and I totally. That's why I'm saying a, a kid, you know, blowing up his his parents' Amex car for twenty grand. That's again, that's simple. That's yeah. not. That's not really where he got the chunk of that bread from. No, it was from the investors. Right, right, right. Where he got the money from, and then on top of that, like there is, and I'm gonna just say this, and this is just me talking. There is a level of of when black folks, like to me, the black folks out of there would have never granted that level of leeway to a black person coming to do business like that. Oh, they just no. would have never done that. Mm-hmm. They would have never. There is no way that if this was, if me and Jeff and Naima said we starting a festival tomorrow, there's no right. way. That the Bohemian Tourism Board is going to just have us roaming around on fucking land, putting up FEMA tents. But that's, that's what it is. It's like you said, he was a, a young black dude in fancy sneakers. They assumed he had it. They assumed he knew what he was talking about. Why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. And that is, that is, and my issue is, Vince, that we get, and this was, listen, let me just preface this too, because the lady who was running the restaurant, I, I I am I am glad that she got her money right. I, I don't necessarily I, I don't want to come off like I'm being 
uh, mean to her or anything like that, right? But for a person who does business, because she used her savings, right, or something? Yeah. She went, she, she, said, yeah. She went. She went. She claimed she had one hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars of debt. Yeah. That mm. she had. That she had an of that debt. $50,000 was a personal savings. Her personal savings. I am, I am, I'm sorry. I have a problem with anyone because I've, I've, I run a restaurant. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying food for catering until I get my first third. Yeah. At minimum. At minimum. Like, how did you even finance this? Like, okay. So my point was when you got to the $12,000 mark of debt. Mm -hmm. And no wire came. Guess who wouldn't have got food? Right. Yeah. right. But you know why? But you know why it ended up happening. But you're right. It wouldn't. It it it, it probably only happened because these were some what they thought was some rich white boys. Mm -hmm. Because their actual caterers pulled out, they asked her to step up and do everything last minute. So there was no point at which to say, "Pause. Where's my cash?" You know what I mean? And I think that's what they were operating under. Is like everybody was like, "I got you, I got you, I got you." And you know, the dude that he was working through locally was like, he had to pack his shit up and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, they was gonna because kill they were ass. coming to him like, "Nigga, yeah. where's my money?" And he yeah. was like, "Oh shit, I gotta go." You know, he was like, "I got the fuck out." Wait, I, 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 let me tell you something. I had some day laborers on a property we have in the Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. Like them niggas wanted day money for the hours they worked before lunch. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. They was like, pay us now and then pay us for the half when we come back. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Because the theory is, is I'm not going to pay you. And mm -hmm. whatever, right? Like the day laborers, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay you. I'll pay you now because it's no problem. So sweat off my back. Right. Right. You did the work. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I just, I was, I, we get so googly eyed. We get so googly eyed with the idea of mm -hmm. money. Right. Yeah. And the idea of this level of prosperity that we don't ask the basic questions. Right. Right. That is, that is base, that's that's like rule number one. Like, first of all, okay, you're doing this catering. Did anybody call the tourism? Did anybody call the, mm -hmm. the, the government? How is this happening? Who's right. bringing this in? What's going on with the logistics? Where did you get that level of food? Because to me, I'm I'm almost but yeah, gotta bring shit in. You yeah. gotta bring that in. You gotta order that. You can't. I'm sure they don't have fifty thousand dollars worth of chicken breasts on the island. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just, I just, I just look. I'm, I'm glad that the story turned out, turned out well for her, and she's going to be able to pay whatever debt she has. Again, I think one hundred thirty-four thousand is, is, uh, you know, it's, if a receipt is fudged, I mean, you know, yeah. a little, little padding on it. You know what I'm saying? A little, little padding you know? pad on it for the next time. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? You know, she got paid, for my, paid that can't. For my trouble, so I just I just found it. I just found it very, very interesting because, again, I've seen these things with these companies and these fly by night guys. And as little as Google searches, LinkedIn searches, calling people, I had a guy talking to me about he was in private equity and da 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 and he dude my neighbor three doors down is in private equity i called him up like, i've never heard of this guy never seen right. this guy mm -hmm. like yeah. just do some basic due diligence mm -hmm. basic shit. Uh, so you know whatever so hey before we go i want to talk to reagan about reagan um, <laughs> okay. we've talked about you know about your past you know you know and all stuff but like what do you what some of the things that you uh that you're working on as as we speak 
Yeah, well, I am prepping to uh, direct my first film, and I'm really excited hey, about that. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about it? Um, it is it is about a young um kid in LA who finds out that their dead parents were superheroes, oh, and shit. now the fate of the world is up to them. Did you write this too? I did. I wrote it, and I will be directing it. And like I told y'all a little bit earlier, I've been writing and directing original scripted content on my YouTube and my Vimeo. I did um uh, two seasons of my first web series, Almost Home. My last yeah. show, Surviving, was nominated for a Gotham Award Ow. in 2016. Very dope. You poppin', yes, girl. You yes, really poppin'. dope. So you know, I'm I'm in. I'm at a transition point in my career right now. The acting will always be there. The voiceovers will always be there. But I, this is what I want to do. And I've learned a lot, you know, watching Robert on um, do his thing as a director and all that yeah, stuff when I was yeah. 14. And I learned a lot of lessons from him that I didn't realize that I learned until I got older. And, you know, just I've worked with enough bad directors that I know that I'm a pretty good one. So I'm looking forward to uh, to what I have coming up. Yeah. So is you gonna uh, enter the film into like the film festivals, or is it gonna be on television, or you don't uh, know well, yet? Well, we're really early. Um, we what I want to do, I want to do a three minute trailer, um, okay. teaser to put uh to shop with, and there's gonna be animation in the teaser, so it's taking. It's taking a minute to get the yeah. teaser done. Um, but I want to see what, what all the possibilities are. The cool thing about now, about, you know, being a black woman director is that people need so much content. Mm-hmm. There's so many channels. There's mm-hmm. so much TV and yada, yada, yada. So um, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. So did you, uh, so, uh, you made me, uh, it sparked in my head. Did you see uh, the Spider-Man? Uh, into the universe. Oh yeah, we saw that three times. That shit was that shit was, was so good. It was amazing, right? It was amazing, and of course, Miles Morales looks just like my son, my seven year old. Yes, yes, my son, my seven year old looks just like him. So, That's yeah, wow. that was really cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. th- obviously that movie, you know, doing so well, and you know, Black Panther, which was you know nominated for yeah. an Oscar and stuff like that, is you know, hopefully, it's opening a door for more, you know, kind of like content of color i guess it's called you know what i mean just like mm-hmm. you know instead of just the same old stories because those movies you know it's generating mad income you know well so. yeah and we're and we're i think we're giving we're being given more freedom to venture outside of just like neighborhood stories what's going on mm-hmm. in the neighborhood we yeah. can be superheroes we're venturing into like my last show was a sci-fi show about the zombie apocalypse so we're the that box is so slowly being opened we're we're being allowed to get out of the box and and possibilities are just endless at this point so it's a good time to be a filmmaker right now that's good we're proud of a black filmmaker right now we're proud of you thank you we're proud of you and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're coming to the premiere fuck that oh for sure (laughs) for sure and nigga out too with a bucket of chicken oh yeah oh my god we're gonna bring some have a flash i mean we've been we've been known to do it we've been known come on come on through we're gonna have a little flask and all that you know what i'm saying we we getting this shit cracking you know what i'm saying come on through come on yeah man well thank you so much for uh 
coming on the show. We really enjoyed you. Like, it was oh yeah, dope. listen, I love y'all's podcast. Anytime y'all want me to come back, you can hit me up. Um, thanks, Jeff. I didn't know you listened to my little old podcast. <laughs> little old, stop, that, stop, stop <laughs> acting crazy. Of course, I listen to it. And um, oh, we definitely gonna have you back. Then you, you part of the, we cousins now. You ain't know. Hey, hey, I'm here. I'm <laughs> here. I'm here. We, we, rela- we relations. Yeah, we relations now. <laughs> we definitely gonna have you back. Actually, maybe we'll, uh. Shit, we maybe we'll have you back on um for the Oscars or something like that. Hey, let me know. You know let me know. Yeah, yeah. But here. but we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, thank you again. Oh, for sure, for sure. Y'all have a good one. Is this it? Is All it right. over? It's it. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Right. Thank you. Bye. And that's what's popping in the world of entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Pop Life Podcast with Jeffrey, Naima, and Sean. Want to be a part of the show? We've got three ways you can get involved. Like us on Facebook. Send us your burning questions to poplifepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at poplifepodcast. Talk to you next week.